This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Garden of Sound with thanks to Taha Sparkling Tonic. I'm your host Ian Turner. It's always a pleasure to be bringing Garden of Sound to you and today is no different as I bring a little slice of Littleton to your ear canals. Of equal importance is the fact I'd like you to subscribe to the show. If you're listening via any of the amazing podcasteries out there, please click subscribe right now so you don't miss any of the action. And if you're listening via terrestrial radio or on the Plains FM website, then I thoroughly encourage you to visit gardenofsound.nz right now and hit that subscribe button. Right, if you've got an ear for detail, then listen out for a question about this interview at the end of the show. If you're the first person to send in the right answer to that question, there'll be a lovely prize from Taha winging its way to you. Just listen out for that question at the end of the show. I'm also very excited to say that the first Garden of Sound live gig will be happening at Littleton Records on Tuesday the 17th of July. Keep an eye on social media and the website for an announcement on the lineup and some ticket details. Right, today's guest is Ben Edwards. If that name doesn't ring a bell, then how about Aldous Harding, Marlon Williams or Nadia Reed? They've all had records produced by Ben, the latter winning Producer of the Year at the New Zealand Music Awards. He's humble, he's likeable and generous, but what really goes on in Ben's sitting room in Littleton? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Ben Edwards on Plains FM 96.9. Ben, how do you describe yourself musically? Because we are a collection of labels. I really like space and depth and... um and ambience and big and small, I guess, I guess dynamic. How about that? Dynamic. That's how I would describe my, what I like to make, what I like to do, how I like to play and how I like to listen, I guess. As a musician, what are your skills? Um, I, I guess I would say that I definitely started on guitar. I started playing guitar when I was quite young, about seven, and I kind of gave it up for a while. Um, and that then stemmed into, I mean, if you if you can play guitar, you can play some pretty basic bass. So I played bass in a band. Um, I can kind of fudge my way around a drum kit and a piano. But um, yeah, a little bit of everything. Classic um, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type vibe. So tell me about your first musical memory. Oh, my dad, um, Bob Edwards, is... He had he had a guitar, which um, actually just recently, a couple of Christmases ago, I got um, restored for him. But as a guitar, look, he had a guitar growing up, and he would and he would um, jack of all trades, master of none, classic Kiwi dad, just sort of bash out some some Beatles covers and some Hendrix things that, as kids, we thought he was the greatest guitar player in the world. Which, when we think back on it now, actually, you know, he wasn't doing he wasn't playing them right. And actually, you know, the guitar was half out of tune all the time. But yeah, growing up with my dad playing guitar and, and singing along to Hey Jude or or, or Hey Joe even, um, uh, yeah. So you've talked about picking up the guitar at age seven. Uh, when was the first time you got in front of people and played something yourself? I was probably, I was quite a nervous little kid. Um, nervous or shy it's kind of maybe the the term and so i, I can't rem- 
I remember being around that age. You know, you 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 go to your guitar lessons at school, and 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 by the end of the year, there might be a concert. Now I can't remember whether it was in the class or if it was like in the hall, but it was like you know that was the biggest deal, and that was probably the first time, other than maybe playing in front of my family or my parents, um, sitting there and just you know shaking and being like so nervous playing whatever it was. It might have even been Blackbird. Or, or, or I can't even. You know, that's fairly that's accomplished pretty, yeah, for but, a young person. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was actually just something really basic. But I just remember being, you know, scared, um, and and doing and probably making a mistake or two, but then feeling great, you know, because people would clap and and, and you, you know, kids just clap at anything anyway. But yeah, would have been would have been one of those classic like in front of your class or the or the assembly on a Friday type moments. So do you do it for the adulation? Did I or do I? Both. No, I did it because I loved it. Um, and and I still do it because I love it. The, yeah, it's funny when, um, yeah, reviews or awards or adulate, like those things are nice, but they don't, at the end of the day, they don't, they don't actually mean much, you know? If it wasn't Ben Edwards' um, jack of all trades or Ben Edwards' producer hmm. uh what would you be what would you be doing have you got other loves outside yeah. of music um i speaking of school i i trained to be a primary school teacher um and i still love the thought of teaching whether it's kids or adults but um yeah i i could easily see myself doing that at some point um or some form of teaching um i just have there's also in the back of my mind though I think if I was to do that, it would actually be primary school teaching. I don't think it would be music or audio production teaching just because I kind of have this, um, what's that other saying, that classic one where if they can, those who can do and those who can't teach. And I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's, I guess it's a bit harsh, but part of me is like, well, I, you know, I feel like if, if or when that time comes to, to close the door on what I'm doing, then that's the then I'll close that door and and do something different, which would be t- probably teaching. And that's, yeah, so I have trained to be a teacher. Do you honestly think there will be a time when you close the door on, on I think this? So. I think so. It's a sort of job where it could, you know, you could you could be 65 and still do this. Um, but I kind of just see it as like, and like the industry, um, the music industry or the arts industry, things that are kind of, I guess, in vogue or or popular now won't always be and and that will come down to my production style and the things that I do or the way that I do things sure at the moment maybe it's cool you know but at some point it won't be and therefore I think at that time you know I'll either try and go with trends or I'll go you know I've had a good run let's do something else who or what are your greatest musical influences Mm. musical influences this is going to sound like a real cop-out thing. Um, but, but it's kind of, and I will get more specific, but it is kind of everything. And it's, that's going to sound like I'm a real hippie, but it's, it is, it is literally what I'm looking out of the window right now. Like that's a view of the harbor. How can that be a musical influence? It just kind of is. Um, my family, the artists that I'm working with, the Beatles, you know, Hendrix, like everything is, um, everything makes us this 
thing and it's constantly changing and growing and I'm finding new music and new ways to be healthy and all of that is 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 an influence that said let's get specific on some things um I'd probably say um production wise um Radiohead and their producer Nigel who's kind of the fifth member or the sixth member of the band um they are for me kind of like the modern day they're the modern day Beatles for me have you met him no I would love to that's kind of that's a dream that's the that's the that's the that's the high five dream result really um yeah Radiohead would and, and him and how he produces things so you know like um in fact I'll play a song two songs that he's produced on the show today um that I just I just think it, there's something about how he approaches things that's just magic. Where's your mum in all this? My mum. She's around. She's my mum. Um, she didn't play an instrument, but that doesn't, you know, she encouraged all of what we did. And she's a huge part of, of, of growing up and doing what I do now. And, and, um, and she supports, you know, I couldn't do what I do without my mum. Literally, like literally tonight's Friday night she comes and babysits for us so I can work late because my partner works you know she's mum she's great a lot of similar responses have been oh yeah my dad was singing oh yeah my dad was playing guitar oh yeah my dad yeah, yeah. he was better than I was my mum loves music and loved music and she would now and then sing and and yeah it's, it is an interesting point um you know, and it's not just about gender inequality in in the industry. It's it is it's probably about um, if we go back to when I was growing up in the eighties, um, you know, classic, typical Kiwi family. You know, Dad probably could yeah, bash a few chords, and and Mum probably could if she wanted to, but she, but it's just the way that it was. You know, it's um, I, I my daughter she. Um, she's only three and a half, but she plays piano. Well, well, you know, plays. She smacks the piano around. She smacks the drums around. She smacks the guitar around, and I love that. And I like to think that that um, you know, when she's a mum, if she wants to be a mum, you know, she'll be. She can do whatever she wants, and I'm sure she will. She will, and so that's, I guess, a, a generation or two, and, and that's going to have changed a heap. So yeah. So you were talking about Nigel Godrich earlier. Yes, is Nigel there Rich. a um, is there a Radiohead track? Yes, that you want to play? There is. It's a Radiohead track called um, Pyramid Song, actually, off um, the Amnesiac album. But basically, I could have picked, I literally could have picked any, yeah. any song off any album. Thank you. 
Have you tried Taha Sparkling Tonic? It's made right here in New Zealand from the best natural ingredients. Manuka honey, organic ginger and kawakawa. The medicinal benefits of these three are well known, but when they're combined, you get a healthy taste sensation that's out of this world! Fortunately, you can buy Taha right now from supermarkets, cafes and bars all over New Zealand. Find out more at taha.nz. Taha, a drink from the edge of the world. You're listening to the Garden of Sound interview with Ben Edwards on Plains FM 96.9. First musical concert, gig, event. I know there was something earlier than this. I know there was. But one that just really sticks out was um, Crowded House in Hagley Park. And I, I must have been 11 or 12 or maybe even 13 or 14. I can't I, mean, I had to Google when it was, but, you know, free concert. Um, so it was definitely something before then, but I can't actually remember what it was. But I just remember going with um, a good friend of mine, Nick Fitzgerald, and his parents, um, you know, turn up early with a rug, set up the little picnic, and just being blown away by by, by the greatness of, of Neil Finn and, and that band, you know. Do you know what Nick Fitzgerald's doing these days? Yeah. We used to be in a band together too, actually, and he's uh, he's over in Perth. Um, he works he is a, um, uh, in sociology. Yeah, cool. Way. Yes. Yeah, he just messaged me the other day with a picture of him wearing a Littleton Records T-shirt on the beach. Let's talk about when things go wrong. Yep. Whether it's in the studio mm. or perhaps even in the past on stage, mm. uh, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? I just kind of th- I think if we go back to high school. You know, as teenagers, everything's so important, you know. And and if some, you know, the, the girl is so important and the the band is so important. And, um, you know, if you look back on it now, it's just like, you, dude, you're such a dick. But um, I remember Rockwest Heats. And I can't remember the name of the band, but, um, but maybe about two or three weeks beforehand, uh, in the in the first fifteen rugby match, I broke my thumb. What position were you playing? I was a lock. I'm kind of tall. I'm a big guy. I'm kind of tall. Um, and and there's that. That's a whole another story. In fact, I I had hurt my thumb, and the coach at the time was just like, "Oh no no no, it's dislocated. Here, let me pop it back into place for you." And he rent and he popped it back, but it turns out he actually broke it again. So it got broken twice, <laughs> one by him, one by the game. Anyway, and so I was in this cast. You know, and it was all on my arm and across my hands and my thumb, and it was the end of the world. Like that was, as far as I was concerned, that was the end of the world because I couldn't. And it was my strumming hand. I couldn't hold a pick. Like how the hell were we supposed to enter the Rockwest heats? And do, like, everything was ruined. Like that was that was literally the end of the world. Until we figured out we could gaffer tape a pick to my to my thumb on the cast, and I could kind of like strum away with this thing gaffer taped on my hand. And so the band, you know, we started rehearsing again and and getting ready for the heats. And it, you know, the day comes and it's the most important thing in the world. And and all of those the, those um, those discussions you have leading up to Rockwest, like, okay, well, we need to like coordinate our outfits because you know they're looking for the X factor. You know what that thing is. And so ours is going to be like you're going to wear all yellow and I'm going to wear all like blue things, and and he's going to wear all white things, and all those just stupid things that make absolutely no sense and when it all when it all comes like you know it's all lining up and we're there and we're at Hornby High I think it was 
and we're out the back and we've got our guitars and we're next up and there's you know, Glenn Common out the back who, who, and he's trying to help everyone tune their guitars and basses up. Everyone's tuned up, yeah, 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 tuned up. And we get on out there and we go and it's like the first the first chord of the song. You only play one song, I can't remember, maybe it's two. But the first chord, um, uh, and I can't remember his name, the other guitar player in the band, like he hadn't plugged in. And so he's like strumming away and there's no sound. We're looking over at him and then he gets all panicky. And so I'm getting panicky. And it was just like the biggest like complete in, in history. And then my pick that we've been rehearsing with comes flying off. Great. End of the world. Did you make it through to the next round? No, hell no. <laughs> what was the name of the band? I can't remember. Something stupid like No Entry or Narcissus what, or something stupid like that. What year was this? Mm. 96 maybe. 96, so I've been in sixth form. I think I had one more year at school. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, end of the world. It was the end of the world. But I you, wanted to give up after that. Fortunately, you didn't. So what did you learn? Uh, be prepared. <laughs> Don't break your thumb. I mean, that I've, obviously, the, probably in hindsight, being very philosophical now, what I've learned is that a lot of things are out, out of your control. And to roll with that. And sometimes that's awesome. So in the studio, you know, heaps of stuff's out of your control and you just, you, you use that to your advantage uh, and also learn that if something goes wrong, you know, often you can't do anything about it at that very specific time. So don't get stressed. Like, it's all a big um, calming. Like, you've got to work through very logically how to solve problems. Uh, I had a word, I had a word rockabilly. I had a word country. Mm-hmm. Um um, I would say describing some of the acts you've worked with, and I could be wrong in using those labels. Um, then you got Aldous Harding and um, Nadia Reed mm-hmm. in a very sort of folky acoustic yeah. space. Yep. Um, how did your involvement with Wrangler happen? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Spanish band Wrangler. Yeah. Again, most people contact via email um, and, or through the contact form on the website which is the website's but hasn't been updated in seven years because i'm can't be bothered but um yeah i think from memory it would have been an email and and i like all, all of them i have a look and i think maybe this one i thought was a bit of a joke hmm. you know the spanish band wrangler hmm. lol well, but checked checked it out and i was like you know that's something a bit different i could sink my teeth into this yeah i mean they've got a long and illustrious history Obviously, uh, coming out of Madrid, hmm. we talked about Radiohead and Nigel Godrich yes. earlier. Do you have a favourite piece of music ever, or maybe maybe just now? Again, such a cop out answer, but I don't. What's floating your but, boat at the moment? Um, I'll go back to, to. I think I'll go back to something that is. I'll play you guys something from a band called Swerve Driver. Thing about influences, my older brother, he had a um, he had a Mark III Cortina, and he had this tape in the in the tape deck and sometimes he'd tape me for a drive or whatever and, and this would be this would be playing and he was a bit older I must have been about 15 or 16 and just hearing this album was like what the heck is this this is like you know around that time Smashing Pumpkins were kind of big you know all that but this was something different again this was a British what we'd now probably call a shoegaze kind of like band that that um they were quite popular in New Zealand and Australia, but never really made it anywhere else. And this is a song 
if I can find it, called Blowing Cool. And I can't, yeah, I, I still, I listen to this record oh, at least once a week. Still, it's just so cool. <laughs>
We'll be back with Ben Edwards shortly, but first I want to thank Taha Sparkling Tonic for sponsoring today's show. Taha's made from ginger root, manuka honey and kawakawa. Now, you may not have heard much about kawakawa, but it's been used by Māori for hundreds of years because of its anti-inflammatory properties. And it can also protect the liver. Not to mention, Taha's super tasty too. If you'd like to find out more about Taha, then please visit taha.nz or ask for it at your local supermarket. Right, back to the show. We're talking to Ben Edwards, a Christchurch-based record producer. We pick up the interview as I ask Ben to describe his production process. Um, I'm really, really lucky with what I do and the people I get to work with. Um, and right f- at the... Always, I've had the approach of just be straight up and honest. So if anyone approaches me and says, hey, can you record my new album? Here's some demos, or can we meet up? Um, if I don't like their music, if I don't, res- if it doesn't resonate with me somewhere, if I don't think I can enhance it or work with it, I would rather say, thank you for contacting me. It's not, I don't think I can do a good job on this. Rather, it's, it's not just a, job it's not just money in the bank for me um i would rather send them off to and say you know and, and give them some options of hey why don't you talk to this person or this person because i think they'd do a great job um so i think be, basically being straight up from from email one or phone call one is really important because at that point the whole time you need to have trust and establish a rapport with someone so that when I say something, they know that I mean what I say. If I say I like it, I like it. If I say we need to go here with it, then they know that it's not just me just going, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you know? So I think that's really important. Um, The whole process for me is, yes, there's heaps of gear. There's a science element to it. There's an engineering element to it. But I think once you kind of get the guts of that down, that's kind of like, okay, that's, you know, that's ones and zeros. That's stuff you can re- rely on. We know that. That's concrete stuff. And that stuff doesn't change. That's science. You know, the way waveforms react doesn't change day to day. The way people react does. Um, the way people inter- interact does. The way the way people see things and hear things does. Um, and so that's the the more interesting and the harder part of my job. Um, that I that I love and am challenged by, and so having having those relationships and having that trust and establishing and building upon those, um, so it could be within the time. Say someone's here for three weeks doing an album. By the end of it, you're pretty close, you know. And let's say they've come back for album number four, then you're really starting to get deep into each other's um, brains and and and, and musical. Uh, souls you know and 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 work together that with like that sort of deep connection is is really 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 important but again you can't just flick a switch that doesn't just happen um so let's go back to nigel godrich he's only ever done any recording of this and you know those guys are all like best mates and it's that to me is so important and you can hear that other than the fact he's also a genius but you can hear that tight relationship between them all and so yeah, being honest, establishing a relationship, building upon it, um, encouraging and working with challenging people, but also realizing that it's not my album. Do you know what I mean? So I, you know, a a at the end of the day, to use a John Keyism, 
uh, it's their album. And if they want to, if they don't like something I suggest, that's, that's, you know, I'm pretty soft handed in terms of that, in terms of that producer hand. I'll suggest things, we'll try things. If they don't like it, that's cool. We won't do it. Obviously you want to kindly push them Hmm. to be the best that they can be. Have you ever overstepped the line in your mind? Always. I dance on the line. That's the whole point of being alive as far as I'm concerned. The line is where is where the good stuff happens. And sometimes even being a little foot over is fine. But dancing around the line, you know that you're gonna overstep the line. You know that. Whatever we you know, in whatever capacity we're talking about this line, you know, did I did I make someone cry one time? Sure I did. Did I push them too hard and they're exhausted? Yeah, sure, that happened one time. You know, did I did I miss the mark on a song and um, we should have added strings when we didn't? Sure. But you've got to, yeah, I dance around the line. Carl Stephen mm-hmm. said in a 2011 interview, mm-hmm. don't yeah. use a robot to assist them, meaning people, unless you want a robotic sound. Now, don't get me wrong, I love robots but they don't sound like people. Where do you stand on auto-tune over compression or overproduction? I would say all decent producers that I like have the same standpoint, and this is basically exactly what he said. Um, let's just exchange robots for overproduction or over-edited or um, over-auto-tuned. I don't think there's anything wrong with... Um, a little bit of help if somebody can't quite hit a note but we need them to get that note if they're getting so close and they just need a little massage into place fine i'll go there if i have to with with melodyne or auto-tune but typically um no it's i, I don't have a hard and fast no i'm not using a rule but typically no we'll keep going until we get the note but let's say you've got one day left and you've got to fly back to to germany and you're not quite getting there of course i'll Okay, let's just tickle it up, massage it into place. That's quite a practical, like specific um, example. But even just stuff like, you know, I'm listening to I listened to a Ryan Adams song off his, I think it was the Prisoner record just recently. There's a guitar mistake in there that's been left in, and and this guy is this guy is um, very very particular, right? So, so so he left it. He knows it's there. But that's hum- that's humanity. That's like that. Those elements to me are what often make things. You know, of course we can get in there and cut it out and replace it and make everything right. But didn't you lose the feel? I guess that's what Carl's talking about. And 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 there's a time and place too for for lots and lots of uh, putting things to a grid and cutting things up and aligning them, if that's the sort of music you're making. But I don't make that sort of music, so. You know, I guess it's like going to a barbecue and bringing all sorts of power tools or something. No, you can use them to barbecue your meat. You know, if you really could figure out a way. But power tools are really important for building a house. I want to go to a barbecue. Can we hear something that you've you've produced? So Nadia Reed song called Taro. Yeah. All live take. The and the component parts, or what's the every everyone, everything is a live vocal take. This so I often do that too. Not on every song. Yep. 
so live everything. Extra guitars added ambient things. But I even had um, Joe the drummer in the bathroom Doing with that. a steel drum. Yeah. Like, dong, 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 dong.
Have you tried Taha Sparkling Tonic? It's made right here in New Zealand from the best natural ingredients. Manuka honey, organic ginger and kawakawa. The medicinal benefits of these three are well known, but when they're combined, you get a healthy taste sensation that's out of this world! Fortunately, you can buy Taha right now from supermarkets, cafes and bars all over New Zealand. Find out more at taha.nz. Taha, it's where you belong. You're listening to the Garden of Sound interview with Ben Edwards on Plains FM 96.9. Let's talk about international acts. Mm. Who has been on your doorstep since uh, winning Producer of the Year? Nobody huge in terms of famousness, but I'm ver- again, I'm really lucky. Most of my work is coming from out of town, out of Christchurch. Well over 50% of it is, and a good chunk of it's coming from Australia. Um, so since then, I've had I've had a, a guy, uh, Lucas Laufen from Germany, um, uh, Elizabeth Hughes, who's now going to go under the name Elizabeth Fader. I've had, I had uh, Elizabeth Mitchell from Australia, who's just going to go under the name Elizabeth. How about that? Two Elizabeths. Uh, Amarina Waters from Australia, Anna Cordell from Australia. Um, what kind of music are these these folks doing? Folks, yeah, kind of. It's it's you know and and variations of you know it might be a an alt folk or it might be a slightly poppier folk. It's a fun yeah. We talked about genres before. It is, it is a it's a tricky one. I just kind of throw folk in there because that's typically. Um, I don't seek these people out. I guess that they're listening to to records that I've worked on. And they're going, oh, I love the sound that you got on Aldous or Marlon or Nadia. And so then people are after what I do. And there's, yeah, so that, you know, they're, they're approaching me for, for something that, that I've done that, that seems to have worked. Are there any areas that you want to get into? Any any other genres? Um, I've dabbled in trying to do the, the sort of um, that post-rock swerve driver thing. I just don't do it very well. I think I think you best to know your strengths and weaknesses. And you know, I love the thought of that that I could do that and make a, an amazing rock record. I can't. I'm just no good at it. Can't get the guitars to sound right. That's hard. Mm. Hip hop, maybe. Wouldn't mind trying to do that one day. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads me on to um, producer of the year. Was this your first major win? Only ever, really. I think. Um, only thing you've been nominated for? Yeah, well, I don't enter these things. I, I always find it weird. Who enters themselves? I just have. I don't see the point in entering competitions. I really just don't see the point. Um, and I was lucky enough that Nadia's label, uh, Universal, were like, "Let's, we're going to enter you in, and for this." I was like, "Great, sure, whatever, good on you." Have you listened to the other nominees? Yeah. Oh, I thought they were amazing. I really, I, I thought I had no hope in. And how, particularly, because I was also nominated for Best Engineer, um, and I, I think it was the Leisure record. Oh, it was just like, oh, I thought it was amazing. And they didn't even win. Kind of, I think it was Haver who won that one. Greg Haver for Devil Skin. Have you, uh, have you done any stuff at Roundhead? I've been to Roundhead a few times. I sat in on um, uh, a, f- a friend of mine, Aaron Tokana, um, has a band called... Um, oh, uh, Sorry, he was in a band called Cairo Knife Fight, which 
has moved over to LA. He's not in, the, in that band at the moment or anymore. Um, and he has his own band called Ahori Buzz. And I was working on a Ahori Buzz EP or track around that time. And, and But uh, it was a Cairo knife flight booking in Roundhead. And he, he, called, he was up there working on it. And he's like, get on a plane, come up. I was like, well, yeah. So I came and sat on that for a couple of days. That was awesome. I love it. It's an amazing studio. What did Aaron do before all that? He used to be in a band called Weta. Probably poor, if not the best, first equal best rock band from this country ever. Yeah. Alongside? Shehard, of course. Ten yeah. points. Yeah. Um, got the due for me. That's the... Oh, it's an amazing record. Oh. Yeah. It's huge. And he was a... He was a um, he was a like a hero to me growing up. Like that band was that's part of the reason both of those bands were and are and why the band I was in moved to Australia because they'd moved there and and they'd made it and um, you know they were just like icons and and just and so then to meet them all and then to, to hang out with them and play with them and then for them to become your friends is like you know you've already made it at that point. As far as we were concerned, you know, in terms of life, what's been your most rewarding project thus far? They all are. All of the projects are the most memorable. Um, the, I think, to me, the bigger thing is that I work on projects and make these babies. We make albums. I, I, I still approach an album like a body of work rather than just we're just slamming eleven songs together. Um, so we make a body of work with my best friends, basically. Even when I don't know them, by the end of it, that might, you know, that that is the most memorable part, and that's every album. Cheese ball, but it's true. Can't all be sweetness and light, and everything's gone perfectly. And this is not about the worst moment sure, where no. you where you lose your pick. Is there any? Any yep. point in something that you've been doing where you've just pulled the plug and said, can't do it? I don't think I've ever pulled the plug and said, can't do it. Um, I th in, in terms of completely giving up on the project, but there's definitely been times where you, uh, you know, you're heading down a certain path or a direction for a song, say, and you might spend hours and hours and hours on it, even a day or two, to then go, oh, this is Scheitzer. See ya, start again. Or that song is just not happening, it's got to go. You know? But that's dancing around the line. That's part of why we try things. And I try and set up a um, an environment where every idea is a good idea. Anyone, throw it out there. Let's talk about Let's try some stuff. You know, within reason. We're not getting, we're not going to spend three weeks working on an experimental guitar sound. So yeah. you haven't turned into Brian Wilson? Yet. No, no, no. I think, you know, there was, there's also a part of me, I did some project managing um, courses a while back. Um, so there's, there's a part of my brain that has to be like, well, we've got a job to do, we've got to get it done on time, on budget. Um, but also, you've got to create an environment where every idea is a good idea until it's a bad idea and then you've got to go, okay, stop. Okay. Um, aside from meeting Nigel Godrich, and we'll see if we can make that happen. Nigel, I love you. 
Marge or Ethan Johns, either either of those two, both British. Why am I all the Brits anyway? Yeah. Who's um, Ethan Johns attached to? Ethan Johns is the son of Glyn Johns, who was also a famous um, recording engineer and producer. Um, Ethan Johns has done all sorts of amazing things with Ryan Adams and Laura Marling and oh, uh, uh, even the Rolling Stones, I believe. That's where it's kind of Glyn, Glyn Johns' dad was. Like his dad was was um, kind of that era, so in the Stones thing. But I think even Ethan Johns has a credit for some stuff. Mm. So just really, just tasty. Any unfulfilled fantasies or projects or things that you really want to do in the next five, ten years? I would love to meet and or sit in on or work with those guys or watch them work. That would be a dream. That really would be a dream. Um, we kind of joke about it. Um, where if that ever happened, like I did, then I'd quit. Like I'd, if I got to do that, then that's it. Like I, then I've got to shut the doors because that's kind of the that's the the greatest. Go off teaching. Yeah, exactly. Ben Edwards. Hello. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me on your show. Most importantly, yes. Is there a track that you'd like to play us out with today? I was going to do a um, Beck song, which which is also which was a Nigel Godrich produced record so beautiful but i'm going to choose this song um it's a song by ryan adams Mm. um and it's called shiver and shake and what i love about this song is nothing really happens it doesn't go anywhere and i sometimes love the simplicity in music and production where it still is like man that's good but it's just it doesn't go anywhere just just have a listen Midnight coming, I can feel it in the air. Hear your own voice and your fingers through my hair. I reach out for your hand, but I know it isn't there. Pick up my phone and shiver and stare. I'm 
Thank you for joining me today. This week's guest was Ben Edwards. You can find out more about what Ben's up to and listen to a show-specific playlist by visiting gardenofsound.nz. I mentioned at the start of the program there's a tasty treat from Taha up for grabs if you can answer the following question. What part of his body did Ben break before RockQuest? That question again. What part of his body did Ben break before RockQuest? Head along to gardenofsound.nz and look for the win tab. The first correct entry will win a tasty treat from Taha Sparkling Tonic. And please do put July 17th in your calendar. That's when the first Garden of Sound live gig will be happening at Littleton Records. Tickets aren't on sale yet, but please do keep an eye on social media for the first lineup announcement. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm Ian Turner, and this has been Garden of Sound, with thanks to Taha Sparkling Tonic. Music